Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, open to Luke chapter 4. We'll get there in a few minutes. Um, as I said, this will be a, a little bit different than a normal service. Uh, more than teaching today, um, I want to, I'll do a little teaching, but more than teaching, I want to invite you into a prophetic process that I've been having. Um, and th- there's lo- lots of value in that. You can see, um, you'll be able to see where I got what the Lord was giving me. But also, it might help you to, to realize like how God speaks to you. Like It might help you to identify ways God speaks to you. So I want to invite you into like a, more than a teaching today, it's a prophetic process that the Lord has been having me go through. Um, the Lord knows how to speak to each of us. And the way he speaks to my wife and Marissa and Greg, um, he doesn't speak to us all in the same exact way. He speaks to us, and, and it's kind of like, we all kind of have a different language, and God has to speak that language that we can understand. Of course, we have to do our part to open our ears to God's voice and have ears to hear and eyes to see. But the Lord knows how to speak to each of us in a way that we can understand. The Lord um, gave me a prophetic picture um, this week of where I believe we are at as a church. Um, about a month ago... Um, um, I, my favorite time waster is YouTube, okay? So after I've done all my responsible stuff, some of you are on Instagram and Facebook, so don't judge me. I know, where, I know what you're doing, okay? <laughs> some of you, um, you know, the older generations, whatever, you're still watching TV and stuff, you know, the news, and I don't know why anyone's watching commercials anymore. Who, who is doing this, okay? <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, kind of like the thing before I fall, fall asleep at night is... Um, Sometimes I'll just like watch YouTube videos. It's usually MMA or something science or or you know what's going on in the world that kind of stuff. But um, about a month ago, um, I was on YouTube and it was kind of late at night and there was this live feed of there's a SpaceX launch that's going to happen and so I, I clicked on it and in about six minutes there's a SpaceX launch this this rocket that was about to go up and and I that stuff for me is kind of interesting. Okay, my wife thinks I'm a nerd. She'll, like, do this to me. I'm like, nerd, you know. Um, but that kind of stuff interests me. Um, ro- space stuff, rocket stuff. So I tuned in um, to watch it, SpaceX launch. By the way, SpaceX is, like, one of the best um, examples of American capitalism. This is, like, American capitalism on steroids. Which, which, by the way, capitalism for, has some flaws, but it is by far the best system in the world, period. Um, and yeah, we got an amen there. So um, there's more upward trajectory for, for the most amount of people um, because of capitalism. But SpaceX like personifies what American capitalism looks like. And here's why. They're able to take this budget that NASA had and they're able to do what NASA was doing for a fraction of the price because they're constrained by real things that the rest of us are constrained by, you know? They can't just throw more money at a problem. They actually have to, to be innovative and to be disciplined and, and, and spending and, and stuff like that. So um, they're able to do what NASA spent billions and billions on, they're able to do for far cheaper. And so, because they're a private entity. Now, normally, um, I would kind of have a mild interest in a space launch. I'm like, cool, I'll watch a space launch. Neat, you know? Um, but for some reason, 
I found myself like oddly honed into like the minute details of this launch. Emily's like, nerd, you know. Um, but honestly, to the point where I actually prayed about it, I'm like, God, why am I so, like, I'm very interested, like minute details, which I'm not normally that nerdy, right? Um, let me ask you a question. Have you, have you ever been in a position where you're doing something or somewhere and you're just oddly magnetically like pulled into something and you're like, God, are you doing something here? Are you saying something to me? Is there, is there something going on right now? Has this ever happened to anyone here? And so, uh, or, or uh, an example of this would be, um, sometimes people pray for you and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's good. You know, you prayed for me. Other times people will pray for you and like the weight of the presence of God comes on you and it's like everything else around you drowns out and you're just focused in on what they're saying to you right there at that moment. Um, example of this is uh, 18 years ago, before Emily and I were even dating, um, I was visiting a friend in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we were at a church service. And after the service, uh, I received a prophetic ministry. Um, and, you know, they would record it on a cassette tape back 18 years ago. You know, Am I the only one that has a box full of cassette tapes of, like, teachings and prophetic words that you just don't want to get rid of? I remember this on Friday, and I was like, I want to hear that, that prophecy again. So I got my cassette tape out, and I was like, okay, I'm going to play this. And then I realized I have nothing to play it on. And then I'm like, I, I just got, a, I just got a, a newer car. I got a, a 2018 car. But my old car was a 98, and I still have it. Um, and I was like, it has a cassette tape in it. So I went out there, put the tape in. It didn't work. So it's broken. So if it was a cassette tape, cassette tape player that I can borrow. That would be great. So, and then it wouldn't even get the tape back out. I had to like go get needle nose pliers and fish it out of there. So I needed a new car. Um, so anyway, um, during this prophetic ministry I'd received 18 years ago, they start praying over me and the tangible, the tangible piece of God just falls on me. Like, like my jaws and my shoulders relax and I'm just like, and I'm made very susceptible, very vulnerable to what they're praying. Everything else around it kind of drowned out, and everything they're saying just became like, I'm, I'm super focused on it, super, like I remember it very well to this day. And they're praying over me, God, thank you for Kurt. God, thank you for the peace of God. Just rest on Kurt right now. And literally, before they, said, before they said that, just this tangible peace of God was resting on me. So do you guys identify with kind of what I'm saying here? There's those times where just God just brings you in and makes, he makes you vulnerable. He makes you susceptible to the things that someone is praying. There's just a weight on it. And so in this similar sense, I'm watching a SpaceX video on YouTube and I'm oddly magnetically honed in on minute details. I'm like, God, this is weird, honestly. And so I pray about it. And I'm like, God, I don't really know what you're doing, but I pray about it, and then I go to bed. Okay, so fast forward to this week. This week, I'm, um, as I do every week, I'm praying like, all right, God, you know, what do you, want, what do you want for the church this weekend? I'm praying about the message. I'm praying about the weekend. God, what do you want to say to the church? What are you doing? And um, I have this phrase keep popping into my head, and the phrase is this, Miko. And I'm like, Miko, okay. Okay, God, what do you want to say to the church this weekend? Where do you want me to go in my, in my sermon this weekend? And I just, I hear this phrase, Miko. So I'm like, okay, God, what is Miko? M-E-C-O. 
And so I felt like the Lord said to me, remember that space launch video, that SpaceX launch video from about a month ago, go back and watch it. So I go back and watch this video and about two minutes into a launch, there's an event called Miko. Okay. It means this main engine cutoff. This is where the first stage separates from the second stage and the second stage keeps going. The first stage brilliantly like SpaceX does falls back to the earth and they, they rescue those. It's awesome. But anyway, um, I felt like what the Lord was saying is that city lights has completed the first stage of our journey and we're entering into a second stage. We're entering into a new season. Amen. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're still a church plant. Um, we're still a church launch, but we're transitioning, and I believe in many ways we are stepping into a new season. So God gives me this prophetic picture of where we're at as a church, and I want to use this prophetic picture to kind of talk about, I want to put some meat on the bone here and kind of describe where we're at and where we're going as a church. So using the stages of a, a, a space launch, I want to kind of talk about our history as a church and where we're going as a church. So um, there's several phases of a launch. The first one is the, the pre-launch phase. Okay, for me and Emily, that was 2017. We spent all of 2017, most of 2017, preparing to start City Lights Church. Boards, how to make a board, how to do budgeting, how to do bylaws. Boards, budgets, bylaws, boring. Lots of boring stuff. Okay, how to incorporate a nonprofit, how to go get your 501c3, all stuff I hate, you know. Not very, not very fun stuff. But that was 2017. And then how many were here on January 21st of 2018? Yeah, come on. January 21st, 2018. That was our first service. This was our launch. This is when we took City Lights Church off the ground. Um, and we were born in a storm. We did all that preparing. And then the forecast is blizzard, which was like so sad for me. But, but lots of people, like lots of people still showed up. It was really encouraging. Um, so... We had our first service, January 21st, 2018. That was liftoff. Then there's this event that happens about one minute after liftoff. It's called Max-Q, okay? What is Max-Q? It's the maximum dynamic pressure um, exerted on a vehicle, okay? This is the most stress and pressure that it feels in the flight. Now, and typically this happens as a vehicle's um, approaching and just passing the sound barrier, it's about a minute after liftoff. Now, many of you are thinking, oh, that must be 2020. 2020 was max Q. Well, listen, for us, for me and Emily, 2020 was a walk in the park compared to 2019. 2019 was definitely max Q for me, for us. Um, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2019 was max Q for us. It was a challenging year for my wife and I, and, I, um, and a challenging year to even pastor. I'm going to give you a few reasons why. Many of you know this, but January 15th, um, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little story here of 2019, but you should know in 2018, um, we didn't have health insurance the whole year. Like we started the church and we didn't even think about, hey, we need health insurance. And then we found out like after the year it started, like, oh, you have to like do that during open enrollment. And we like missed the window. So we don't have health insurance for our whole family for 2018. And, but thank God we got it for 2019 because we needed health insurance in 2019. Um, 2019, January 15th, my wife has major abdominal surgery. Um, she has a full hysterectomy, um, and there's like a 12, 12 re- recovery with that. So not fun. And then just as she's recovering from that, March 28th, 
we're going down Highway 34, we're coming to a stop, and we get clobbered by a car behind us. Ben was in the car uh, with us. And I think, honestly, um, Emily was in the back, and she was on the, behind me, right? Yeah, the driver's side. I think if she had been on the other side, it would have been a lot worse. And um, uh, Emily broke her neck and, um, and then had to wear a neck brace for 12 weeks. It was, we flipped over. It was like a really bad wreck, okay? Ben was having like major cognitive issues for a while after. We'd be in a staff meeting, and his peripheral vision would just start like, coming in like it would just start getting black and he's like I gotta go guys like it was a <laughs> it was a it was a tough year and 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 then everything um I kind of you know I had my own issues I was going through but I was so busy taking care of her I didn't really pay attention to myself that much and then I had to sort that out later um and then when we got in the accident they did a full scan on my wife and they're like hey there's something on your thyroid it needs to get looked at as soon as this neck brace comes off Neck brace comes off that week. She gets a biopsy. It comes back and it says that she has thyroid cancer. And so then uh, July 16th of 2019, she has surgery to remove half of her thyroid um, to get rid of the cancer. And thank God she's, she's a-okay. Praise God. <clears throat> um, and then... I, I don't know what your view was on this, but August of that same year, we were, we were navigating a major transition as a church. Matt and Jory Henderson, who were our um, associate pastors and also the worship pastors here, um, decided to go to, to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in, in Redding, California. And that was, for me, that was very stressful because I was like, I, this is such, worship is such a high value for us as a church. This is such an important piece of what we do. We don't just get up here and do sing-alongs. Like, that ministry is so important to us as a church. And thank God, God brought us Greg, who's amazing, and he's the perfect guy for that job. <clears throat> but it was still very stressful for me, okay? So 2019, that was max Q, okay? Maximum dynamic pressure. Um, that one was tough. But listen... As a rocket goes up and the atmosphere gets centered, the stresses on the vehicle begin to diminish. And I would classify that for us as a church as we began to win the war in intercession. We began to win the war in intercession. We began to get above that stuff. And I just want to, there's so much energy and you're exerting so much um, of yourself to get a church off the ground. Um, And I want to give a special thanks to Hannah Hartman and the intercessory prayer warriors. (laughs) Yeah. I believe we began to win the war in intercession. And so um, then comes Miko, about two minutes and 30 seconds into a launch, a rocket. It's about 40 miles up, traveling already at 5,000 miles per hour. The main engines cut off and separate. Okay, here's the uncomfortable truth that I have found as a church planter. Not everyone who starts with you finishes with you. You kind of like start a church and you're naively thinking like, we're, we're in this forever together, right? <laughs> but not everyone's in this together forever with you. Um, some people, God sends to you for a season. And they help you. They help you advance the vision. They help you, but they're not called to you for long term. Okay. Um, I was wondering this question, like, why does a rocket have two stages anyway? Can't the first stage just take them all the way to space? and just keep pushing through. And the answer is that they're designed differently. The first stage is efficient at sea level, but its um, efficiency drops off at higher elevations. The second stage is efficient in the vacuum of space, but not efficient at sea level. 
Um, and here's my point. Some people, systems, and strategies work really amazing to launch a church, to start a church up. But there are other people, systems, and strategies that work better later on at a later stage. And I feel like that's exactly what we've seen. We've seen some of that, second, uh, that first stage come off, and we're into that second stage now. Now, um, <clears throat> I heard a, um, someone use the illustration as a church planner that God sends people to you, and some people are like scaffolding. They help you like build the building, but then the scaffolding comes down, and they're not always there with you. And I never liked that illustration because it made me feel like people are like commodities, and people are not commodities. Like People are people. They're God's children. I didn't like that illustration because I didn't like the way it made me feel about people being like commodities, you just use them or whatever. And so, but it is true that God does send some people for a season to help you get through something, to, um, and they're not necessarily all with you forever, okay? So, we are moving into a new season. The, 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 the meat I want to put on the bone today is what does the second stage look like for us as a church? I'm going to give you three things today, and they're, they're pretty quick. Um, the interesting thing about the second stage is that, uh, of a rocket is that most of its speed is gained after the first stage separates. Most of its stage. There's a lot of exertion of energy initially, but most of its speed, in fact, at, at MECO, main engine cutoff, a uh, rocket's going about 5,000 miles per hour. When it hits SECO, second engine cutoff, it's going 16,000 miles per hour. In order for um, something to remain in space and not fall back to Earth, it has to be going 16,000 miles per hour. To put that in perspective, a a bullet only goes like 1,200, 1,500 miles uh, per hour, okay? So they're going much, much, much faster than a speeding bullet, okay? So why does it gain so much more speed at higher elevation? Um, Because it's gaining speed above the drag of the atmosphere, okay? It's, It's gaining speed above the drag. So point number one what this next season will look like for us is that we need to continue to win the war in the spirit realm. We need to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. We need to double down on our commitment to worship and intercession. And I, and this is just my call to you both um, individually and corporately. We want to, we want to double down that commitment corporately in intercession and prayer. And I'm, and I'm calling you higher individually. We just need to recommit to that so that we continue, can continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. Um, we are in a spiritual battle. This is not just a natural battle. We are in a spiritual battle. Um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, it says, uh, Paul says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the uh, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Okay, that's our struggle. Our struggle is actually not with people. It's not with flesh and blood. Our spiritual, our, our, our struggle is in spiritual realms, spiritual places, okay? It's not against flesh and blood. It's, it's against the hierarchy of demonic forces in the spiritual realm. Um, like it or not, if you are a Christian, you've been called into a spiritual battle, You've been called into a spiritual battle, whether you like it or not, whether you want to participate in it or not, you are called into a spiritual battle. You've been drafted into God's army, okay? And I don't know about you, but if I was in an army, I would want to pick up my weapons. Like, I would want to fight with my weapons. And you have spiritual weapons, and you need to pick up those spiritual weapons, and you need to fight with them, okay? 
<clears throat> so we'll be talking more about that here in the future. What does it look like? What does spiritual warfare look like? We need to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. Okay, point number two, we need to continue to build people, build disciples, build people. Um, on the first uh, night of uh, City Lights Nights, our conference, um, I, see, I received another prophetic word that um, if I focus, if we focused on building the living stones, God would worry about building the physical stones. In other words, if we made our focus on making disciples, building people, God would worry about building us a building. Amen? And we're saving money, and, and we're not sure if we're going to buy land or renovate a building or whatever. We're not sure what, exactly what that looks like. But I feel the Lord saying, we've, we need to focus on making disciples. We need to focus on building people. You know, the Bible says there has been given apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists for the edifying of the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. Right? So you're all called to ministry. It's not just professional clergy people that are called to ministry. Christians are called to ministry. It's the, it's the role of the apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists to build up the saints to do the work of the ministry. So you're called into a spiritual battle and you're called into the ministry. Amen? Okay. First uh, Peter 2, 4 through 5, it says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The Lord says if we build people, he will build the physical building. Amen? I want to trust him with that. All right, point number three, and kind of coming to a close uh, with this. Uh, point number three, we need to love relentlessly. We need to win the war in the spiritual realm. We need to build people, and we need to love relentlessly. I believe that City Lights Church is called to love the unlovely. It's easy to love the lovely, right? I believe we're called to love the unlovely. I believe we're called to call the unlikely. I believe we're, to, we're called to touch the untouchables. Amen? Okay, this is love. This is loving relentlessly. And this mandate will stretch you as, stretch us as a church. This mandate will stretch us. But we're called to love the, the, uh, the unlovely. I believe we are called um, to love our city, to literally love our city. What does that look like? It looks like serving. It looks like, like picking up trash. It looks like feeding the homeless. It looks like cleaning up graffiti. It looks like finding people and loving them and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus to them. Amen? Okay. I've, I say this all the time. But our vision as a church, I love good church. I love good worship. I love good teaching. I love what we're doing here. This is very important. But our ultimate goal is not to get people in the building and have good church. Our ultimate goal is to build you up so that you go back out into your world and shine the love of Jesus everywhere you go. Amen? So that's what we're doing here. Um, and I'll conclude with this. Jesus... Jesus had a mission statement. Um, you, you could say that this is the gospel according to Jesus. Okay? There's the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Paul says he, talked, he has his gospel. Right? I preached a message years ago that talked about the gospel according to you. What is the goodness of God, the grace of God, according to your testimony? But what is the gospel according to God? What is the gospel according to Jesus? This is Jesus' mission statement. Luke 4, 18 through 19. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, that's Jesus' mission statement. What is, this is, you know, if you look at the word saved, salvation, there's saved, healed, and delivered. That's all right here in Luke 4.18. You got preached to the poor. We're, listen, we were all poor in spirit before we had Jesus, right? We're all poor. We needed Jesus. That's salvation. To heal broken hearts and recover your sight to the blind, that's healed, healed physically. So there's salvation, healing, and to liberate those who are oppressed, that's deliverance. Salvation, healing, and deliverance, that is what salvation is, okay? That's what saved looks like, body, soul, and spirit. And so <clears throat> that's our commission, guys. That's our commission to be the light and love of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach to the poor, to bind up, to heal the broken heart, to set at liberty the captives. Amen? You have the answer living inside of you that the world needs, and you need to just stop underestimating what you have within you. You have something that everyone needs. It's called Jesus. Amen? City Lights Church, this is our mission statement. We exist to light up our world with the love of Jesus. I believe the first stage of this church is complete. We're entering into that second stage right now, and there's going to be acceleration to that vision. We're going to see lots of amazing things, and we have, God has brought us the the right people, the right resources, the right systems, the right strategies to go to the next level, and I'm so excited about it. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to close. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for every individual in this house, Lord. Thank you that you're good, Lord. God, we thank you that... uh, Thank you, God, that what they do down there in the kids' area, that's not child care. That's kids' ministry, Lord. It's kids' ministry, Lord. And God, we're honored to just participate with what you're doing, Lord. We're honored to be part of this second stage of, of what you're doing as a church, Lord. God, I pray that we would win the war in the spiritual, Lord. God, I pray that we would um, relentlessly love people, Lord. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, for every person here, Lord, that you would just help us to walk with you, to, to be... Um, to be disciples of you, Lord, to build people, Lord. We love you. We thank you for today. You're good. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.